Let's go ahead and pray as we come to it. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your great love. Father, I thank you that you'd give me the words to speak this morning, Father. Lord, I pray that every heart in this room would be ready to receive what you have for them, that we'd be challenged, that we'd even be convicted, Father, and that the the outcome of your word finding fruit or finding soil in our, our life would be fruit, Father, that it would, that it would instigate change, that we'd be uh, serving you more and more, Father. So Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've left it for us and, and you speak to us still today. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've entitled this morning's message, Free and Passionate Worship. How many of you guys know that worship is important? Amen. Worship is probably one of the most important things in a believer's life. Now, if you've spent any time reading the Bible, you'll know that very often when they would send the Israelites out to war, who did they send first? They sent the choir. Jericho, uh, they, 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 they marched around playing music. They, they, time and time again, they sent the worship team up front to make a difference and make an impact because the truth is, is that, that when we stand up and worship, it does something inside of us. As we give God glory, we put our eyes on Him, it actually gives us strength. So worship is an integral part of a believer's life. You guys know where the word worship actually comes from? It's very clever. It's the, 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 the putting together of the word worth and ship. It's to, to bestow worth onto something. It is to, to, to basically, it's our way of, of telling God that He's worth something to us. The, uh, the Scripture says that, the, the, that God is enthroned in our praises. Other, other translations say he, he, he inhabits our praises, but, but the, the English Standard Version, the one that I, that I use, it says that he's enthroned in our praises. And I thought, what does that mean that he's enthroned in our praises? That doesn't make any sense. Because I don't know if you guys think like me. I'm trying to picture this. I'm trying to think of God sitting on our praises. It doesn't seem like much substance. He's going to fall right through. But the thing is, is that, that he's enthroned it. And what, what I began to realize is that, that when we begin to worship God, what we're doing is, is we're recognizing his throne. We're recognizing that he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. It's, it's, us, it's us recognizing who he is, giving proof that we believe that he belongs on the throne. Amen. And how many know that worship is expressed in so many different ways? Sometimes worship is suppressed in ways that make you feel uncomfortable. Anybody ever felt uncomfortable with the way somebody was worshiping? Well, shame on you. You shouldn't. That's between them and their God. But yeah, the reality is, is that, that it can be expressed in all kinds of ways. You know, there's some, some common ways that we, that we should all be doing. Every single one of us should be expressing worship in these ways. One is in obedience. We, we honor who God is by doing what He says. Because if we believe He is who He says He is, we're going to listen. That's why Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? So one of the ways that we, we, we worship, one of the ways that we give God the, the worth that He deserves is by being obedient to what He says. Another way is we work our best, not unto man, but as unto, unto the Lord. So that means that when you go to work and you do a good job at work, you're actually honoring your God by doing so. 
And matter of fact, you're seeing, if the reality is, is that people know you're a Christian. As soon as you claim that you're a Christian, people are watching you. And when they see you work hard, when they see you working unto God as not unto man, when they go, why are you working for Joe? It's so hard. I mean, he's such a bad boss. He's so mean. Why? Well, I'm not working for him. I'm working for God. And they begin to see who God is through what you're doing. The other way is, is we, we want honor God in our giving. And this is one nobody likes to talk about because nobody wants to talk about money. It's one of the hardest things that, that I have to talk about, to be honest with you, because I grew up um, with this idea through TV and all of that other stuff is that, that the church just wanted your money. But the reality is, is that giving isn't about the church. Giving is about you because God honors you and you're giving. And it's one of the ways that we bestow honor upon him saying that we believe you're who you are and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. It's one of those ways that we go ahead and honor God is in our giving. And everybody can relax. We're not going to take another offering today. We're just doing the one. But uh, that's one of the ways that we honor is, is, is in our giving. You know, we, some of you guys laugh when Joseph or I comes up and we're like, man, nobody's deciding about giving because we're trying to remind you of why you're doing it. It really shouldn't be that something like, ah, got to write another check. Because what happens is it becomes a sense of obligation instead of, an attitude, instead of an attitude of worship. And you're missing the point if you do it that way. Obviously, we sing to worship, right? We get up there, and, and uh, singing is a way that worship is expressed. Shouting is another one. We see that every now and then. People will shout out to God. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a fantastic song, uh, and the words go, Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. It's okay to shout every now and then for Jesus. Amen? How about whistling? That's a way you can worship God. I mean, we can do it. If we can whistle at a football game to honor the people playing, why can't we whistle at God. Obviously, instruments, we play instruments up here, and there's all kinds of instruments that are used to honor God. And we want to play, play them skillfully, obviously. But I think that's more for us. That's not for God. I don't think God cares. God cares about your heart, not how good you play a guitar. And obviously, there's the lifting of, of holy hands. That's why Paul said, I wish, I wish men everywhere would lift up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. It's a way we honor God, and I think that's a, a fantastic picture of, of honoring our father because how many of you remember if you guys that have kids when they were really little how would they run up to you with their arms up it's another it's another expression of of uh, surrender as well and we see that right and 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 uh, all the cops and robbers movies when the when the, the 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 criminal comes in and pulls out the gun and points at him what's what's the expectation hands up why because when your hands are up you're very very vulnerable you can't do anything untowards the other person. You're completely surrendered with your hands up. So when we come to God, one, we're coming to him in an attitude of, of Abba, Father, but also in complete surrender to him, allowing him to have his complete control in our lives. And then obviously we, we see kneeling as an expression of worship, right? That's an expression of honor, admitting and showing that God is above us. If you think you're above God, come talk to me after the service. We'll get you straightened out but <coughs> because that's not the case. Same thing with lowering of our eyes. That's kind of the same idea. It's an attitude of respect and honoring. But how about the raising of our eyes as well because we're looking towards the one who gave us everything. And as you can see, worship is expressed in so many different ways. Dancing is another one. I don't do it that well, that, that, that way very often. Because that's how earthquakes get started. <laughs> but the, the, the truth is, is that 
It can be expressed in so many different ways. But the one thing that's common, the one thing that's the same about all of them is it has to be expressed. It's not something we hold on the inside. And today, that's what I want to talk about is, is expressive worship, passionate and free worship. Why do I say free? Because so many of you guys are in bondage to what people think, what, what someone might say that you're afraid to lift your hands. I want you to be free to honor God however you want to be honored. And there's, I want to be, that this to be a place where you're not going to be judged for doing that as well. We want to be safe. We want to be orderly. But we want to be free to worship God. Amen? And I just want to encourage you, particularly when we come together. You know, I was actually watching this morning, and uh, as a church, we've grown a lot. I saw a lot more people with their hands raised, eyes closed, singing this morning. We're seeing a transition and a growth and a maturity in the people of this church. It just warms my heart. It's so th- I'm so thankful to see people grow. But that doesn't mean that we have to stop. We need to continue to grow. You know, we're going to have these worship nights more often. We come together. That should be a time where we are just giving it all to God. It's even dark on those nights. You don't have to worry about people seeing you. <laughs> you just worship. You see, I think worship's supposed to be expressive. I think it's supposed to be loud. I think it's supposed to be exciting. Now, I also recognize that there is times for quiet, reflective worship. Like I said, worship can be done in many ways, particularly when we come together corporately. I think we should be given it all. Amen? And you know what? If everybody's acting crazy, then nobody's acting crazy. The truth, right? If you're, if you're the only one standing like this and everybody's raising their hands and singing and you're the only one looking around like this, you're the weird one. See, but I, that's what I think it is. Most of the time, the limiting factor of us worshiping God is we're so worried about what other people are going to say, what somebody might think. We're, we're distracted by everybody in the room around us. And you know what happens when you get distracted by everybody in the room around you? Exactly. Your eyes are no longer on God. They're just halfway on God. You've got one eye on God and one eye on yourself. Or one eye on the person next to you wondering if they... Because I, I get it. I remember the first time I ever raised my hands in worship. Like I was expecting, like, not really, but kind of, that as soon as I put my hands up, you're going to hear the, the record screech. Everyone's going to turn and look at me. I was just waiting for it. I knew it was going to happen. Now, obviously, we don't think that's actually going to happen, but that's kind of the feelings that we have inside of us when we want to, to go ahead and worship freely. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? But I want you to know as a worship team, we're actually trying very hard to make it easy for people to worship. Well, thank you. Thank you for all the people on the worship team. They are doing a great job. And uh, you guys should actually thank them. You guys don't really see the work that they put in, but they're here before everybody at, on Sunday mornings. You know, I can't get people to come in at 9 o'clock at the prayer meeting, but these guys are here at 8 o'clock every morning to practice. They're here during the week to practice. Anytime we do a worship event, that's more practice. That's learning new songs. That's all kinds of stuff because we want to create an environment that makes it easy for you to worship. There's a, there's a reason why we do the things that we do. There's a reason why there's lights on us and it's a little bit darker out there. Actually, as we move on, I got, I got plans. I'm, I'm, God's been speaking to me lately. I need to, I need to, to, it's okay to have plans, but I also need to make sure that I'm thankful for what we have. We are so blessed with what we have here. Uh, we're not a very big church, but we have so much to, to allow us to worship God in a way that's not distracting, that's not, I mean, the idea is this darker out there so you can focus towards the front on the words and really keep your eyes on God. 
uh, the, the, the idea that, that we only do four songs on a Sunday morning is to leave a little bit more freedom for, for, for an opportunity during, during the breaks and the, and, the, and the times of no words for you to just sing out and worship God on your own, sing a new song. We, we don't do, I don't know if you guys notice, um, and we on the worship team notice it probably a lot more than you, but we don't have that many songs in the rotation. I mean, we probably have 12 or 15 songs that we do quite regularly. You know why we do that? So it's easy for you to remember them so you can stop looking at the words and close your eyes or look up. And trust us, we get sick of these songs way before you guys do because we do them way more than you do. Hallelujah. There's some songs that, that I have to put on body armor before I put them in, put them in the rotation because Anina does not like some of those songs. Blake, too. There's a few he doesn't like. But I'm tougher than him, so I don't care what he thinks. So I just put them in. <laughs> the reason why we do the things that we do is to make it easy for, for you to worship. Matter of fact, and, and if you ask any of them, one of the things we pray before we ever practice is, Lord, help us to be effective into leading your people into worship. The reason why we practice and we try not to mess up, we try not to screw up, is, is not because we're worried about screwing up, but it's because we don't want there to be a distraction for you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you guys let me talk too long about stuff because I didn't even get to the first slide yet, and it's already been 20 minutes. What are you guys doing to me? You guys ready to get started on the message? <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we go. Praise God. 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 5. And David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David, could you imagine a 30,000 strong men's meeting? That'd be awesome. David again gathered all the chosen men of, of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bail Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out, brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill in Uzzah. And, and I, I really should practice these before I get up here. In my head, they're fine. But the sons of Abinadad, they were driving the new cart with the ark of God. And, and Ahiah went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So here's the deal. David's bringing the ark from Jerusalem. And, and remember, to the focus of today is free, passionate, and expressive worship. We're going to look at the Bible where it talks about that. So David's bringing the ark from Judah to Jerusalem. The ark contained the Ten Commandments. It contained a pot of manna and Aaron's staff. You guys remember the staff that, that budded to prove that, that Aaron was the one? And it was the, the symbol of, his, of his, his presence and his guidance. It was a symbol of God. This was their, their, what they had to represent him. And it was coming home. And they're excited. They're excited to see God coming home. You guys are excited, excited to see God. You should always be excited to see God. And as they're bringing it home, we begin to see worship to 30,000. Now, how many of you guys know that sometimes worship gets loud? And I, I know Jan doesn't like loud but when she gets to heaven, it's going to be loud. Yeah. It's going to be loud. I just want you to know the, the Scripture says it's like a, a, a roaring waterfall and thunder, and it's going to be loud. <laughs> but you know what? Worship is loud. We don't want to get crazy. I'm not trying to ruin anybody's hearing, even though Jan thinks I'm trying to ruin her hearing. I'm not. 
<laughs> you know why we actually like it loud uh, here in the church? The reason why we want it a little bit loud? I want you guys to forget about other people hearing you sing. I want you to forget about what other people are doing. Really, it's, 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 it's a way to not be distracted by anything else but the music. That's actually why I love Jen because I know she doesn't like it, but she's so understanding and she still loves me anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. But they're coming. There's, there's 30,000 men and it says that they were all celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. It was loud. Now there may not have been 30,000 cymbals, but some of those guys were playing cymbals. And it was loud. They were, they were just expressing with everything that they had. You know what? There was nobody confused what was going on over there. They saw people worshiping. They saw them singing. They saw the instruments. They saw the clanging of cymbals and the different things. They were passionate about what they were doing because God was coming home. The ark was coming home. They were happy. They were excited. And this is the kind of stuff that I look and I wonder why is it in some church services that we don't see anything during worship? Like I said, I was looking this morning and I was like, man, maybe this is an untimely message. Because the, the expression of worship this morning is, is greater than it's, it's, it's probably been as, as a whole throughout the entire history of our church. We're growing, we're maturing, and we're doing it. But the reality is, is we all need to be reminded. We all need to be encouraged. And we all need to press forward. And, and this is what worship looked like in the Old Testament. It was loud. It was crazy. So church, I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to be a little loud. If it's too loud for you, we'll get you some earmuffs. We'll get you some, we'll get you some, some earplugs. And I know what it's like. I've been to some of these youth conferences and made the mistake of sitting up next to the speaker. <laughs> and it's so loud I can't breathe. You ever had something so loud you can't breathe? Like, so I get it. But man, I, if the thing is, is I just don't want anything to get in the way of worshiping God. I want it to be free. I want it to be loud. I want it to be uh, just expressionistic no matter what it is. And it's not the only time that we see it in 2 Samuel 6, 12 through 15. We're going to see David get a little crazy. Anybody ever read about David getting a little crazy? This is what happened. And in Samuel 6, 12 through 15, it says, And it was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of, of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and fattened an animal. We'll not be doing that here during worship. And after the and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the horn. David, and this is starting to get crazy. I'm not talking about the sacrificing. Obviously, we don't do that anymore. Jesus was the one and only sacrifice. Amen. We don't have to do that again. The scripture said there's no longer a sacrifice for sins because Jesus took care of it all. But we do see that David gets a little crazy because it says here that he's, he's going around shouting and he's, he's, he's blowing the horns and he's dancing and he's, he's dancing before the Lord with all his might wearing only a linen ephod. So some scholars will tell you that this is David dancing in his underwear. We'll not be doing that here. No dancing in your underwear. You can dance, not in your underwear. Everybody's clear. Because I'm telling you, I'll dance in my underwear if somebody else does and you don't want to see that. So we'll just have a no underwear policy for dancing. How's that? So anyway, he's dancing in a linen effort. So some scholars say it's underwear. Some scholars say it's like a, a light priestly robe. 
that he's dancing in. But the point is, is he's out there wearing something that, that he just doesn't care. He's just dancing. He's dancing freely before the Lord. And it's an interesting story because uh, it certainly wasn't clothes that would be considered befitting a king, whether it was his priestly, these light priestly robes or they were, were was his, his undergarments. It wasn't befitting for a king. Matter of fact, we know that it pissed, ticked a bit, sorry, slipped. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's when you get excited. It ticked off Michael, Mikhail, Michal, Michael, it is Michael. Second Samuel 6.20, David returned to bless his household. Hallelujah. I'm going to take that out of the recording. <laughs> David returned to bless his household, but Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel honored himself today and uncovered himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So basically, she's upset because it looks like that he got a little crazy in front of the ladies that were out there. And what was David's response? Anybody remember David's response? This is what he says. 2 Samuel 6, 21-22, And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as a prince over Israel and the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this. He didn't care what other people thought of him. He was going to honor the Lord with everything that he had. He was going to give God everything. This is the attitude that we should have inside of us. When we have somebody that's visiting, they look, man, you look crazy with your arms raised. And you know what? I would look crazier than that because my God is worth it. I would look crazier than anything. You know what? I was singing. I was yelling. I was dancing. I was whistling. I would look crazy in there because my God is worth it. That's the attitude that David had. That's the attitude that we should have. But so many of us are afraid. So many of us are, are wondering, what are other people going to think? And I'm not saying it's just you guys. Even still, I'm the pastor, and I still think that sometimes. That's why the Scripture says we have to take every thought captive. Sometimes you've got to get a hold of that stuff and, and begin to choose to think something else. Amen? In Romans 12.1, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is Paul appealing to his brothers. You see, that's the thing is that, uh, this is something else he said in 1 Corinthians 6.20, he says, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. You know, one of the things about worship is that we have to use our body to do it. We need to glorify God in our body because our bodies are a part of glorifying God. And it's been this way since the beginning. How many of you know that, that you were actually made for God's pleasure? You weren't made for your pleasure. You weren't made for somebody else's pleasure. You are made for His pleasure. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Everything that we should do should be with our eyes towards God, to honor Him, to glorify Him. And if we think about it, this is how we show worth to anything in our life. We express worth to stuff with our bodies. Because we can tell if somebody's being genuine with how they use their bodies. You ever notice that? You can tell what somebody is indicating if they're being genuine. If you ever, if you ever are talking to somebody and all of a sudden they, they cross their arms and they kind of turn their body sideways to you, that's an indication that they're trying to, to get away. If you didn't know that, so pay attention to when you're talking to people. See if you ever do that. I'm serious. 
You'll do it. We, we express our intentions with our body. My wife is, is known for being very expressionistic with her face. You know, and, and uh, sometimes her face says stuff out loud that she didn't mean to say. And, but the reality is, is that we, we're always expressing stuff with our bodies. It's part of how we, most of our communication is with our bodies. And it's not even just humans. The animals even express their, their worth and adoration with their bodies. When my dog sees me when I get home, that thing, he's jumping around, he's waggling his tail so much it looks like his rear end's going to fall off. Have you ever seen that where they're, they're going like crazy? Because even animals show their, their expressions with their bodies. Church, worship shouldn't just be inside your mind. It should be being shown. Matter of fact, oftentimes what you're doing with your body will, will betray what you're thinking. When someone's reserved, overly reserved and monotone, it's almost unnatural. Have you ever been with somebody with like the, t- talking to somebody or, and they're just no expression, no emotion? Those are the people you're like, I just cannot read that person. I don't know what's... It, it, it's unnerving because that's one of the ways that we communicate is with our bodies. And the same is true when we worship God. We should, we should show it with our body. People around the corner should be able to tell what we're doing, should see that expression of worship and we need to stop being ashamed philippians 120 says as it is my eager expectation and hope that i will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death these are powerful words i will not be ashamed with full courage christ will be honored with my body some of that is making sure you're not doing dumb stuff with your body that means that we need to be diligent and disciplined not to sin. If anyone was wondering, grace is an amazing thing. Every, uh, every sin we've ever committed or will commit it is covered by grace, but it wasn't done so that we can sin. It was done so we could finally not sin. That's why we were made brand new. So we need to, to glorify God in our bodies, not only with the things that we, we, we don't dishonor Him with, but we also need to honor God with our bodies. That means taking your body to church. That means worshiping expression full of expression and like i said is that one of the things that i see most is that we hold back because we're worried about other people in the room what are they going to think what are they going to say you know the funny thing is is it's not even sometimes the strangers in the room or the people that we don't know well but it's the people that we know the best I remember the first time that I, I began to, to begin to worship God in tongues and speaking in tongues. Uh, the person that I was most uncomfortable doing it in front of was my wife. And you say, Wayne, Pastor Wayne, why, why would you be uncomfortable with your wife? She's the one, she loves you. But it's because she knew me better than anybody else. See, everybody else, they might see that and go, oh, he's a, he's a, you know, they, they wouldn't have any questions or, or doubts. But she's like, I know what you did last week. How come you're doing that this week? That's, that's what's going on in my head anyway. You ever notice that the stuff going on in your head, like you come up with so much more stuff than ever actually happens? (laughs) It's true. It's one of the things that, uh, 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 one of the, apparently one of the most effective ways to torture somebody is not to actually torture them. It's just to lay out a bunch of random stuff on a table and make, and leave and let them imagine what you're going to do with those things rather than actually doing anything to them. Because we think of some crazy stuff that can happen. 
But I remember in front of my wife, I was worried that if I started doing this, if I was raising my hands in worship, if I was praying and singing in tongues, if I was doing these things, what was she going to think? Was she going to think I was a fraud? So this was someone that I, I knew and loved, knew me the best, and it, it was concerned with what she thought. Sometimes we're concerned with what others think. One of the things I see the most is that people will come in and uh, uh, they'll be here one Sunday, and, and everything's great. They're they're worshiping. You typically see this with the with the the youth more than anybody, but adults do it as well. And uh, they're they're worshiping, and everything's good. Then next week, they finally invited a friend, and now their friend's beside them. Now they're like this the whole time because they don't want their friend to see them. Because what will they think? Will they think that they're crazy? Will they think that they, they've lost their mind? When the reality is, is that true. Your friend might think you're crazy, but at least they'll think you're genuine. Because you talk about how you love God, you want them to come around, and what they're looking for, what might actually spark something inside them, is a genuine show of somebody who loves God. But they see you and go, I guess she's just like everybody else that says one thing but does another. Don't be ashamed to worship. Don't be ashamed to lift up your hands. Don't be ashamed to clap, to shout, to yell. Give praise in your own words. One of the things that I'll often do is give a time to sing, God, to, sing to God a, a new song. Just begin to tell him that you love him, that you that you 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 worship him, that he's. You don't even have to be clever. God's not looking for clever people; he's looking for sincere people who love him. So just begin to sing and tell God that you love him, that you that, that he's faithful, that he's glorious, that he's worthy. You don't have to be a poet, but just begin to honor him. Whenever we have those moments, don't miss those moments. And there's so many different expressions. Job 120, and Job arose and tore his robes and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground and worshipped. I mean, Job was worshipping so intently that not only does he fall on the ground, but he shaves his head. Some, I mean, that's obviously why I do mine, right? <laughs> and Bob worships better than all of us. Aren't you glad that shaving your head is not a common expression of worship? I mean, it worked great for me, but some of you guys probably look funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Psalm 95.6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Again, we're talking about kneeling before God as an expression of worship, as an expression of honor. You know, that's one of the things that I would love to see more of is during worship, people coming up to the altar, coming up to the front, kneeling, clapping, yeah, whatever, but come up to the front to the altar and begin to worship your God. Psalms 47.1 says, clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with songs of joy. This idea of being loud and clapping and shouting, it's not uncommon. You see it all the time. Let us not be afraid to clap. Now, things have gotten so much. You guys should have been here when this church first started. We had some clapping challenges. We had some difficulty getting stuff going. And it's another one of those things. It's funny. It's not that, that most of you guys know how to clap just fine. Just no one wants to do it first. I don't know what you guys think is going to happen if you start clapping. Like everyone's going to stop and point and laugh. But we're... <laughs> but we've gotten so much but i'm so glad like i said you know i want to encourage you i want to keep growing i don't want us to stop where we're at i want us to keep going but but i, I also want to say guys you guys have come a long way and i'm so blessed by it 
I was so happy this morning to see most of you clapping and singing and, and raising your hands. And, and, uh, but we just don't want to stop. We don't ever want to get complacent. We don't ever want to stop growing. Amen? You know, one of the things, too, is that he talks about here, this uh, clap your hands, and he says all people shout to God with long, lo- loud songs of joy. And you better ever seen uh, uh, Joseph's uh, granddaughter out here when she gets going? How many of you are blessed by that? Actually, I'm blessed by that. She's not singing. She's just shouting. It's the right words, but it's just loud. But it blesses my heart every time because you know what? She doesn't give a hoot about what you guys think. She's just going to worship her God. I'm like, man, I hope somebody else catches that. I hope it's contagious so people would just sing without worrying. And uh, she dances too. Have you ever seen her dance? She's not afraid to worship her God. You know, that's one of those things. If people would just come to God as a child comes to God, I think things would be so much better. The thing is, is nobody cares about how loud you sing, how good you sing. And certainly God doesn't care. He just wants to know that you're willing to do it, that you're willing to step out. And then he talks about, anybody ever been to a sports game? Football? Hockey, hockey's a fun one. You ever been to a live hockey game? Live hockey's fun. But you've got to get into it. As a matter of fact, everybody gets into it at a live hockey game. I remember I went and saw that when the Ice Cats were still here, and uh, every time <laughs> the, 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 a goal was scored, you would hear the whole crowd on the, the, the team that, that had the goal score, or not against them, but the one, their team, the whole place would stand up and yell, he shoots, he scores, hey goalie, you suck. <laughs> the whole place would get up and yell that. And I'm... I wasn't saved back then, but uh, <laughs> but I think back about it now, and I'm like, why is it that everybody in the place, everybody in the place can get up and do that, but it's so hard for people to stand up with their arms raised and to sing and to, you know, I mean, you look at the exp- you look at the the college games, and and there's there's everybody there, they're all loud, they're they're doing stupid stuff in front of the camera. There's always the big group of fat guys that are painted up and, and you know, they're all out there. Just They're crazy. They're giving it all. They don't care what you think. They're going to honor their sports team. How many of you guys are glad that body paint is not an expression of worship that we encourage in this church? <laughs> Hallelujah. But the attitude is encouraged. I want you to not care. I want you to just get up and and praise God with all that you have. Because if these people are willing to do it for a sports team, a team that doesn't care anything about them, they don't know them, they don't care about them, they're not doing it for them. We'll go all out for these sports teams, but we can't get people to go all out for God. You know, people will, will book trips and fly all over the country and spend thousands of dollars on tickets and airplane rides and hotels to watch their favorite team play. But this last Saturday, only Catherine Joseph and my family showed up for the food distributions. That stuff blows me away. And now that you guys are feeling sufficiently guilty, I want you to know that we're doing it again this week. <laughs> this month, sorry, month. Uh, at the, the last Saturday of October, we're going to be doing it again. I would encourage you, 
Worship God with your body. That's one of the ways you do it, is you get out there and you serve and you volunteer. I mean, if you're willing to get up and, and do these things for some sports team that doesn't care about you, I would hope you'd be willing to, to do it for God, who loves you more than you ever could imagine. As a matter of fact, he gave up everything for you. That should be enough to encourage us. Lifting up of holy hands is another one. This is the, 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 the starter place that I don't if, you, if you've not done this yet begin to do it you guys I should have grabbed the video I showed that Tim Hawkins video about the different forms of church worship I'll have to bring that in again but he says you know he says we got a we got a bunch of different forms of worship and hopefully I don't butcher too bad he says you know I, I just want to explain to you how you can lift your hands you know first you have the uh, the the carrying the TV just start here just carrying the TV you know and if you get a little bit more comfortable you carry the widescreen widescreen TV you know and he says we got we got Mufasa when you want to worship like that we got to wash the windows and he talks about all these different expressions of raising your hands but you know what just raise your hands Paul says I desire all men everywhere to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting as an expression of worship look that up Tim Hawkins Lifting of hands. You'll be, you'll be blessed, I promise. He's a Christian comedian. He's hilarious. But that's a, yeah, that's the starter move. Just, be, just one hand. Just something. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to put your arm up and nobody's going to have noticed except for God, which is the only one you care about. The people around you are not going to start worshiping. They're not going to start pointing and laughing. They're not going to make a big deal. You might see me up here smile because I'm so blessed to see people worshiping God. Psalm 61, 1 through 8 says, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. Salah, for you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. You know, the next thing that we should be doing in worship and an expressive form of worship is begin to verbalize your thoughts. Begin to speak to God. Did you know worship is just a form of prayer when you begin to sing to God? Some of you guys who, who haven't heard me talk about it before, you may wonder, why is it that I don't actually open the service with a prayer? Why do I, I very rarely do I do it. And the reason is, is because the entirety of worship is a prayer. I have a special one to start talking to God. Father, we're going to start now. Hope you're listening. We can just worship because that's us speaking to God. You'll notice that the songs that we sing very, very rarely are they songs that aren't speaking to God. I, I, I drive Monique and Blake and all them crazy about what I'll let us use in worship and what I, what I won't. Because particularly as we begin to slow things down, the focus should be us singing to God. Not about ourselves. Not about what we're going to do. But our focus should be on Him. So I'm very careful about 
what is going on in our songs. And, and you think about it, you see those very rarely are the songs not speaking to God. See, the, to think and silently praise God is one thing. But I think when we express those words in another, we're beginning to, 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 to move something in the spiritual realm. When we begin to express them out loud, if nothing else, the devil can hear them at that point. How I many you know the devil can't hear your thoughts? He's not omnipotent. He can't read your mind. He sees what you're doing and what you're thinking by how you use your body, what you're doing. So, you know, if you, if you, if you come to church on Sunday and you look great to all of us on Sunday morning, but nothing's going on during the rest of the week, and we, we may be fooled. Everybody at the church may be fooled by somebody like that but the devil's not. Or when you only sing and pray and, and, and do those things and, and worship in your mind, he's not seeing that. But how many of you know that you're causing him some problems when you begin to worship out loud? When he begins to see you honor him with your body. And the truth is, is I think that there's a difference in expression as well. You know, when we... There's a difference between my wife knowing that I love her and me telling her that I love her. There was once a story about a, a man, they'd been married 20 years, and they were starting to have some real tough marital problems, and they, they go in front of the counselor, and the counselor's like, well, what seems to be the problem? And the wife goes, he never tells me he loves me. And he said, well, I told you that 20 years ago. Nothing's changed. But you can see the difference. It's important that we talk and communicate with one another. And it's no different with God. This is one of the ways that we, we speak to him and we demonstrate the things that we think. Because telling my wife that I love her out loud not only affirms her so she knows, but it reinforces and deepens my love for her. It begins to let me live it out and strengthens that which is inside of me. And it's the same for God. If we do it in our head, that's good. But if you do it out loud, if you begin to express it with your body, you're actually deepening your love for him inside of you. Because worship isn't just good for God. It's good for you as well. Amen? We're almost done. I promise. We've got two more. Psalm 33.1. It's your guys' fault. You made me go so long in the beginning. So Psalm 33.1. Shout for the joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. You know, I think that, that whatever we do for the Lord, we actually should do it passionately. I think you know, shout for the joy in the Lord. Oh, you're righteous. Praise befits the upright. I think we should do it passionately. I think the Lord is pleased when we're intense in worship because love needs to be expressed. A lot of couples kind of fall into a perfunctory relationship. They kind of go through the motions. Anybody ever seen people just go through the motions? Maybe you've already been through that in your own relationship. I know I have in my own, where you just go through the motions. Goodbye kiss each morning. Kiss before you go, go to bed, but there's no passion. There's nothing inside of it. And I think there's too many of us like that towards the Lord. We just go through the motions. motions. We just, we just kind of show up, kind of zombified on Sunday. We sing the songs. We sit. We pray Pastor Wayne hurries up so we can get to lunch. We go home. Maybe come to Wednesday night, come back in on Sunday morning, walk in, 
say hi to everybody, sing the song, sit down, pray that Pastor Wayne hurries up so we can get to lunch. And it just becomes this rote routine that we do over and over and over again. Some of us are actually, you can get that way in, uh, with Christian music, with reading your word, with, with even in prayer. It becomes a, a, a routine thing. No passion. No purpose. It's like, giving the God, it's like giving God a peck on the cheek instead of actually demonstrating your love for Him. And the truth is, God doesn't want lukewarm people. Revelations 3.15-16 through 16 is when God says that, that you're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm, so I'll spit you out. God's not looking for, for lukewarm, but He's looking for people who, who will shout to Him. Because that kind of worship is befitting us. What he means there by befitting us is, is, is that's, that's what it should be. That's what it should look like. That's, uh, befit is just a fancy word for appropriate. Shouts for joy in the Lord are appropriate for us. Amen? In the one here, Psalm 63, 1, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in dry and weary land, there is no water. So why do we worship? Something, have you ever sat down and thought about it? Why do you worship? Is it just something that, that uh, we do because that's what Christians are supposed to do? You know, why do we worship? Well, that's what they do every Sunday morning. I guess that's just what we're supposed to do. Why do we worship? Because He's God. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is, is worthy of our praise, of our adoration. He's the creator of the universe. He created the heavens, the stars and the sky, everything that's inside of it, everything that you see around you, God created he is worthy of our worship. And the thing is, is that we bless Him with our worship. Not because He needs it. Not because, you know, God's going to fizzle out if we stop worshiping Him. It's, it's not like on, on the elf when everybody stopped having Christmas spirit then Santa couldn't fly. That's not how God works. God doesn't need our worship. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our singing. He doesn't need any of these things. Whether we all stopped tomorrow or we didn't, God will still be God and He'll still be worthy of our worship whether anybody's doing it or not. But we bless Him when we worship because He's worth it. And we are blessed when we worship as well. You know, it's one of the greatest times that I see people set free from stuff. Healed relationships mended when they finally take their eyes off the problem as on their God. We need Him and we love Him. So we worship Him. And the question I ask is that when you sit back and you think about everything that God has done for you, everything that He's accomplished, even just in your own personal life, let alone that He paid for your sins and He gave His life for you, how could we not worship? How could we not respond in such a way? So let's resolve to be a people who are going to worship freely and passionately. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet.